This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Bloomberg Quick Takes Tim Stenovic from Bloomberg Radio. A guest very well known to our Bloomberg audience. We want to welcome uh, Kathy Wood back with us. She's Chief Executive Officer, Chief Investment Officer, founder of uh, ARK Investment. She joins us on the phone in Connecticut. And, you know, Kathy, we figured out so much in terms of tech and innovation, but when it comes to a Zoom call and getting video, <laughs> it doesn't always work. <laughs> Oh, I know. Uh, but I think we've come a long way, Carol, right? <laughs> we've come a long Who way. I believe, yeah. So listen, got to ask you about the trade today. Uh, we really felt like uh, earlier that the speculative trade, the euphoric trade, uh, when it comes to technology was over. What do you make initially of the pullback that we saw today? Well, uh, you know, the uh, I, what I've been surprised by over the last really four or five months is Cyclicals and value stocks have uh, started to outperform the broad-based market indices. Uh, and the surprise to us is that uh, we uh, and our innovation strategies at ARC uh, outperformed as well. That's very unusual. Uh, so the way I have interpreted that is that the market is broadening out. The bull market is broadening out, which is a very healthy development. I think what we've seen in the last few days, the correction in technology, is uh, perhaps you know rotational. Again, value. Uh, there, uh, given how many years value has underperformed, uh, uh, there could be a bit of rotation back into value. Uh, if if you understand our portfolios, uh, you'll be very careful where you go in terms of the value space because disruptive innovation, the likes of which we have not seen in more than a hundred years is probably going to hurt a lot of value uh, sectors uh, more than growth sectors. So what are you doing on a day like today? Are you are you buying? I mean, the Nasdaq was down uh, almost 4% today. Yes. Tesla was down significantly. Did you buy? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And we, uh, we publish our trades at the end of every day. So uh, you will see them. The market's closed. Uh, we bought a lot of Tesla uh, today across any strategy that holds Tesla. And uh, we will be uh, publishing in a few weeks uh, uh, a report updating our um, thoughts about Tesla, uh, our excitement about the potential of a ride-hailing service as a bridge to an autonomous uh, service, and our high and the higher odds that autonomous is going to happen for Tesla. Uh, and part of the reason for the higher odds is now that Waymo is on the road autonomously. We know it can be done. Uh, Tesla has so much more data than Google or anyone else or everyone else combined uh, that we think it's in the pole position. Well, it's interesting too. you know, it's funny, Kathy, people, you know, expecting you to be on and they were sending us tons of questions. You know, this whole idea of the treasure trove of data that Tesla has specifically, you talk about it a lot. You know, do other people believe it? Do you are you seeing other, you know, people kind of uh, put that out as kind of one of the fundamental reasons that you want to own Tesla? It's not just a car company, right? It's a technology company. It's a battery company. Is that thesis yeah. of it being a data company getting a lot more recognition? We do not think uh, many uh, analysts or investors are giving Tesla credit for autonomous. Uh, if they were, the stock would be a lot higher. What we do think they're giving Tesla credit for increasingly is, you know, its electric vehicle franchise and how far ahead of the competition 
uh, Tesla is when it comes to battery technology, to artificial intelligence, both in the form of a chip, uh, through the data collection. We think 30 billion plus miles compared to Google's 30 million-ish miles. Uh, and still, over-the-air software updates to, uh, to change performance. It's, it's remarkable that more are not on board, even the last one yet. Uh, so I think its franchise has legs here. So, so how does that translate into market value for Tesla? How much more opportunity is there? How much, how much more opportunity is, is left for this run-up to continue? Well, I'll give you a sense of, uh, and this is from our Big Ideas 2021. You can get that on our site, arc-invest.com. Uh, we, uh, we believe that the autonomous market, so the ride-hailing market, but autonomous, will be a $7 trillion revenue opportunity. And right now, the ride-hailing companies, human-driven ride-hailing, uh, their market cap probably cumulatively is around $200 billion globally. Uh, if, if we're right... Tesla is in the pole position in the United States to become the autonomous taxi network. Autonomous is going to submit to natural geographic monopolies. So in the U.S., our confidence in Tesla has gone up the more we understand about uh, autopilot and the more data. Uh, it's one to one and a half million robots out there, including my Model 3, are collecting to inform uh, its artificial intelligence engine. So that six to seven trillion dollar market, we think is going to be more in the developed world, ironically, than in the um, emerging markets in terms of value, uh, for reasons we can get into if you would like. So the US could be a third to a half of that, of that market. So think about that three and a half trillion dollar opportunity, and it's it's going to be more of a monopoly than I think uh, most investors and analysts understand right now. Kathy, I want to go back to kind of bigger, broader market today for a moment, if I can, because you've talked a lot about the reflation trade and how rising rates and a rotation to value that this could be a challenge to your investments. Are we done with those challenges or do you think what we saw today we're going to see continue of the tech trade under pressure? Well, I don't know how long this rotation will continue. All I do know is that we have a five-year time horizon, and our uh, all of our price targets are five years out. Uh, a few days ago, I would have told you that the uh, returns that we're expecting, now we could be wrong, these are our estimates, so consider the source, but... Uh, <laughs> The compound annual rate of return that we were expecting for our portfolios during the next five years was 15%, which is our minimum hurdle rate of return. As of today, just given the last few days of correction, that is closer to 20%. Now, 15% compound annual rate of return over five years is a doubling over five years. Right. That's a healthy return. What happens very short term? I can't tell you. All I know is we are keeping our eyes on the prize, and the prize just got a little bit more interesting. But I have to ask you, were you kind of secretly rooting for a little bit of a, of a pullback um, to kind of get some of the performance chasing money out of the market? Well, I do believe uh, we, we love a wall of worry, and we were seeing the wall of worry start to build. 
I saw it on social media, a lot of um, mm -hmm. chatter, uh, some just waiting for uh, our funds in particular uh, to take a tumble, uh, some maybe to buy, uh, and some happy to sell and short and all of that. We love the liquidity that this provides us. Uh, we think it's very healthy, a very healthy shakeout. But I'll, I'll give you a sense of what, where I, in history, uh, I felt this way before. In 1996, we were in a very interesting market. Alan Greenspan was uh, the Fed chairman. And he, at the time, uh, uh, warned all of us against irrational exuberance. Uh, and many investors were just beginning to understand how, how the Internet was working and, uh, you know, what the interesting applications were going to be. Uh, we had another four years of uh, a move, which when you think about that time, that move was too much capital chasing too few stocks uh, too quickly. The technologies weren't ready. The cost were way too high for most of what we're seeing today. But all the seeds for what we're investing in were planted back then. So we've had 15 to 20 to 25 years of gestation of these seeds, and now they're starting to flourish. And we are ready from a technology point of view and from a cost point of view. That's so important to see that electric vehicle costs come down uh, so that by this time, maybe in a year or two, uh, the sticker price of the average electric vehicle will below, be below that of the average uh, 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 right. gas-powered vehicle. Yeah, and, and by 2025, the average electric vehicle price will be 18000 and the Toyota Camry will still be at twenty-five, twenty-six thousand $26,000. Wow. No-brainers. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, Kathy, I got to ask, um, so much money is pouring into your funds. Uh, South Korean retail investors literally give you a nickname, Money Tree. <laughs> um, in, in terms of money, does it ever become too much that's pouring into your funds? Well, what I've uh, always said when we've been asked the capacity question is that if we are right and the five platforms that involve 14 different technologies are, are ready for prime time, if not already in the sweet spot of their S-curve, then our capacity should grow exponentially with those platforms. Now, what happened to us in the last year uh, was not exponential, but parabolic growth in terms of the flows. And it's been very gratifying, and we're so happy that more and more investors are diversifying into innovation. They need to, to hedge against all of the value traps that innovation is going to, uh, uh, is going to create. Uh, uh, but uh, we do believe that given the swoosh we had this year, um, we will need a little time to uh, have the capacity come our way. How is it coming our way? Well, you see, because of the performance of stocks like those in our portfolios, we're seeing uh, a significant number of IPOs, uh, uh, secondaries. Mm -hmm. There's the SPAC revolution. There's a SPAC revolution. And if you think about what happened even last year, uh, so our flagship fund was up around 150%. That meant that our capacity went up 150%. If you look at our performance since the, since, uh, for the past five years, uh, our performance of the flagship fund is up 1,000%. So that 
means our capacity is up a thousand percent. And if we're right and we're still on these exponential growth trajectories, we should continue to find good capacity going forward. So I'm also curious about, you know, some of the positions you have, and I'm sure you've been asked about this before, Kathy, but, you know, I'm just looking at some of uh, our research that you guys are already a 10% holder in, I think, more than 20 companies and a 20% holder in three. And forgive me if my, my math's a little bit off, but I mean, is that, do you get nervous about that level of concentration? I mean, some investment managers would say so. How do you feel about that? Yes, well, we've put in risk controls to prevent, uh, again, some of that happened because of the swoosh. Right, very fair enough. We put in risk, con- yes, we put in risk controls so that, um, you know, we do, so that we will not be considered, quote unquote, an affiliate of, of any of these companies. That's, uh, I think, uh, what uh, we want to be on the right side of regulation. Uh, and so you will see fewer and fewer names over 15%, let's say, uh, going forward, especially as many of our companies are issuing, uh, are, are, are doing secondaries, mm-hmm. importantly. And the reason they need to do them is often in the world of disruptive innovation, and particularly because of artificial intelligence. The companies uh, that invest the most aggressively today are going to have a higher probability of winning winner-take-most markets, like I just described, autonomous taxi networks. And so they have to fund. You know, last quarter, uh, Tesla did another $5 billion uh, in equities. Uh, and so, again, bringing more capacity. It is doing so well, though, that we think uh, it will not have to do much more in the form of equity or uh, fixed income yeah. Uh, funding in the future. Hey, Kathy, one story we saw play out in, in 2020 was the so-called Robin Hood revolution, the rise of, of the retail trader. Um, mm-hmm. are, what do you think of young people getting involved in the market right now? What do you think of the access that they have on an app like Robin Hood that makes it really easy and frictionless to uh, buy, sell and trade? You know what? I, I think it's wonderful. Uh, many people worried about, uh, especially during the GameStop, uh, GameStop controversy, worried, you know, was the little guy going to get hurt? Uh, well, uh, if, if a person doesn't know enough about options um, or, or equities uh, at all and is just following the crowd, it, it wasn't going to take long for them to learn a very important lesson. And so I think uh, many have learned very important lessons. What is happening now, I think, is uh, delightful uh, for, for a couple of reasons. I remember when there was no Robin Hood and when hmm. social media was not much of a big thing, getting my children interested in investing in equities <laughs> was <Yeah>. very <laughs> difficult, very difficult. Now, it, while some people may argue that it's gamifying the space, it also teaches investors lessons very quickly. So a lot of uh, individuals who moved into GameStop or AMC or uh, Bed Bath & Beyond, all of the, the, the usual suspects, they learned, they learned that they weren't on the right, those companies are not on the right side of change. And there was, uh, you know, that there was going to be a, a significant correction. Uh, so I think corrections are, are a good, they, they keep us all humble and keep us all focused on what could go wrong. They create a wall of worry, which uh, the, the strongest bull markets I've been in 
are built on, on top of walls of worry. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact, I like the fact that there are more concerns now about valuations, uh, about inflation, about interest rates. I like the fact that there are these words, but I also like the fact that the markets are um, moving through this pretty... Uh, uh, um, uh, um, feel like efficiently in, in, almost. Very efficiently. If you yeah. looked at the trading in, in, ARC, in ARC's ETFs this, this, uh, today and yesterday, I think if, if uh, we had told uh, market makers and authorized participants and uh, ETF providers generally that we were going to see uh, 35 to 40 million shares of our flagship funds uh, trade in one day, right. they would have said, okay, that, that would blow up the system. It didn't. It was very efficient. I know, and and there's options trading around our funds as well. Right. And the only thing I will say say there, as a note of caution, is we do have a five year time horizon. Options uh, options right. uh, players do not, and you can get hurt badly. Uh, uh, especially well, given our time horizon. Which is great for the retail investors. We only have a few minutes left, so I'm gonna kind of do a little rapid fire with you and go through some things. There is a question coming in from Twitter who says, how does Kathy quantify risk in emerging tech and differentiate them from the rockets <laughs> that just take off? Just quickly, your thoughts on that. How do you do that? Yeah. Well, we use Wright's Law. It, we center our research on something called Wright's Law, which says for every cumulative doubling, in the number of units produced, costs decline at a consistent rate. So we watch it for those companies that, uh, that, that are creating the technologies and make sure that they are riding down the cost curve so that they are, they are finding new and new sources of demand as they go forward. There are some companies that try and milk the technology. We saw Illumina try to do this over the last four years, and they've lost the plot, and other sequencing players are... Uh, are starting to encroach upon their territory. They're still very strong, but uh, they should have continued riding down that cost curve aggressively. Competition comes very quickly. So right. those in the lead need to keep driving the competition. Um, I got to get your thoughts on, on Bitcoin right now. What are you thinking? We just got notice that, that Square bought $170 million worth of Bitcoin in the most recent quarter. Um, thoughts on Bitcoin? Yes. Yes, uh, we're very positive on Bitcoin. Again, very happy to see a healthy correction here. Uh, no market is straight up. Everyone should know that. Everyone should have some dry powder for, for days like these. And, and I've been saying that for a while. Uh, we see so many use cases of, uh, of Bitcoin, but yeah. probably the, the most important use case is an insurance policy around the world against confiscation of wealth. And that can happen in two ways. It can happen with inflation. Bitcoin, I think, is the best hedge against inflation mm. out there, bar none, and better than gold. And, uh, and it can happen outright. I mean, when you saw in the Middle East a uh, uh, prince uh, take or seize his own relative's wealth, right. uh, you know, everyone should know, if you think there's a 5% chance of that happening, you should put 5% of your portfolio long-term into or your wealth into something like bitcoin 
You hey, can carry the keys in your head across the border. Right. You think about, right, in terms of what that, that allows you. Hey, your big ideas for 2021. We've been talking about it a lot off air ourselves. 112 pages. It's on the website. What are the big ideas, Kathy, that we need to be thinking about for 2021? Well, the new ideas, uh, you know, big ideas are not just uh, one idea. So we've, uh, we've updated our, our deep learning, digital wallets, Bitcoin, uh, EV ride hailing, some of the things with our drone work, uh, our sequencing, long read sequencing. Our new, uh, uh, our new uh, sections are called uh, reinventing the data center. We mm. think Intel is going to lose uh is going to lose most of its share in the data center, and that's its most profitable uh, uh, division. Uh, virtual worlds, so gaming uh, uh, and sports uh, gambling, uh, gaming uh, becoming, uh, moving away from just the pure gaming world, but with platforms like uh, Unity and uh, Unreal Networks like Epic, uh, we're going to be bringing uh, virtual worlds into everyday business. Of course, virtual reality, augmented reality. We are getting to the point where that uh, is viable. Yeah. Uh, orbital aerospace is another one. The space race. We're very excited by that. Kathy, we could talk to you forever. And we shouldn't point out there's ARC swag. And I know 100% is donated to charity. So you guys uh, thinking about the broader community as well. Kathy Wood, thank you so much. Always appreciate it. Be well. Kathy Wood, she's CEO, Chief Investment Officer and founder of ARK Invest on the phone from Connecticut.